Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. How are you doing today? Michael Zuko, one right for out of time. And as we get started, let's say congratulations to a couple of people. Yes, folks, one rental at a time. We are sending out three more postcards. Folks got their first or next rental property and said that one rental at a time helped you. If you want to be a part of this, all you have to say is, hey, read the book, course member, watch YouTube, whatever it is, one rental at a time helped in some way, and you too can get one of these cards. And if you don't know already, this is important because if we win, we get to 500 which now seems pretty evident that we will. We are going to be giving some money to a food bank. I'm going to be dyeing my hair purple, and I'm sure we will come up with some other creative things to celebrate your accomplishment. So let's congratulate Lewis. And actually, Darren, you got two. I think it was two duplexes you bought. Darren, you get two of these. So again, folks, if you close multiple transactions, yes, you can get multiple of these. Again, Darren, Lewis, and Darren, congratulations, your cards will go out later today. A uh, couple of quick things as we talk about the daily financial news today. We got to start with CPI, Consumer Price Index. It came in hot. It came in at 5.4%. Yes, 5.4 on an expectation of 5.3. However, in my opinion, it is about to get worse. It is now above 5% for the fourth month in a row. More importantly, the real parts of inflation that impact you and I are starting to show up. Four months ago, what were we, what were we hearing? Oh, it's used cars. Oh, it's airline tickets. It's those things that, yes, were transitory. They were kind of one-off things that you could certainly point at and go, are used car prices really going to be that crazy for that long? Probably not. Unfortunately, as I told you back then, the real meat, the real energy, the real problem will show up and it's starting right now. These are the things that made up the most part of the 5.4% inflation reading. First and foremost, food up almost 1%. And oh, by the way, I don't know about you, but when I go to the grocery store, it's not 1%. Gas, 3.9%. Again, I don't know about you, but gas or energy is not up 3.9%. It is getting worse. And then finally, the one that gave me confidence to call that inflation was not transitory, it was real and going to be a bigger problem, rent or lodging, or housing, or housing equivalent, however the Fed wants to spend it, up 3.2% year on year. Again, folks, I report on rent and housing a lot. It's what we do at one rental at a time. 
the most conservative estimate I have seen about rent in the last several months is it is up 12.7% with the most outlandish 18.1%. So the fact that they try to sneak in a 3.2% increase in rent or lodging is either insulting or it's early. I think this gets worse before it gets better and we really could start to see 6 7%. The consumer, food, energy, lodging, it's not getting better. And unfortunately, it won't get better by the end of the year. We are already at four months above 5%. It is likely going to run through the end of the year and probably early next year. It is um, not transitory. It never was. And thankfully on this channel, I've been sharing my thoughts on this all along. And the beauty of doing a daily show is you can go back and see what I've been talking about. Because again, CPI comes out, we talk about it that day. So what does this mean for the Fed? As I've said many times, I believe the Fed is going to be put into a box that they don't like. They are going to have to taper faster. Then they are going to have to raise rates faster. I have been telling you they were going to raise rates in 2022 for over a year now when they were telling us nothing till 2025. This is what happens when you watch the consumer you understand what's going on in the economy. It's like they're just telling you a song and they're just wrong. So again, what's going to happen is I think they're going to taper much faster and they will raise rates no later than June of next year. That is what I think. I think they're going to raise rates in June. So a couple other things going on. What do I have to say? That's the one that really got me today. Uh, don't know if you know this, uh, but Port of LA, uh, you know, they have 80 ships out in the water. I had no idea. They are not a 24 by 7 operation. Who knew? I certainly did not. I assumed you have 80 ships out in the water that you might run 24-7. Apparently, they are just about to go 24-7, which I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. Why didn't that happen earlier? I'm confused. Long Beach, another port in Southern California, is already 24 by 7. We've had some earnings come out. Uh, JP Morgan beat top and bottom. And remember what I told you about these massive loan loss reserves? Yep. Banks are still using them to goose the numbers. Goldman Sachs adjusted, evaluated, moved, whatever you want to call it, $1.5 billion in loan loss reserves. They can't have much left. They've already taken a lot of that back. But yes, part of JP Morgan's beat is $1.5 million in loan loss reserves they set aside and said, whoops, we don't need them. We can bring that back. Delta, Delta Airlines beat top and bottom. It was actually profitable for the quarter. First time they've been profitable since this health crisis. Uh, however, still below 2019. And they are warning about, you guessed it, inflation. Both inflation in jet fuel and labor to impact earnings going forward. This is what we're going to hear a lot this earnings season. SAP, software company, uh, German software company, ERP, Enterprise Relationship, something. Man, I used to sell this stuff. What's it called? ERP, Enterprise, I don't know, whatever. SAP raised full guidance for the year for the third time, uh, which is interesting With as they are going from on-prem to cloud-based, meaning... Uh, they're no longer doing perpetual. They're doing monthly or uh, renewals. So it's an interesting business. 
Qualcomm. I've always, I don't like this. Qualcomm announced a $10 billion share repurchase. If you're a shareholder, you obviously like it. As someone who has zero skin in the game, I'm like, really, Qualcomm? You can't find a better use? Resource planning. Thank you. I, don't, I, had a, I need more coffee. Uh, Qualcomm, $10 billion share buyback. Can't you find a better use for $10 billion than buying your own stock? How about creating a chip fab or buying a chip fab and making more chips? We have a chip shortage. I don't know. Ten, uh, it's just, I think it's a bad sign when executives can't find a better use for capital. $10 billion, really? You can't, you can't find a better way to use $10 billion? Yeah. Uh, Apple, I don't know if you heard this, but Apple is cutting iPhone 13 projection, projections or production, I should say, production. And again, this is Apple. They are super secretive, so it's a likely a proposal, something like that. Looks like they're cutting it by about 10 million units because you guessed it, chips, chip shortage. Uh, and just for the record, that's roughly 11% of initial projections, so quite significant. We're starting to look at jobs numbers, right? Last month was pretty bad. I don't know if you know this. I was shocked by this, but 4.3 million people quit their jobs in, in August. That is a big number. And of course, that was led by food and retail. Let's see what my puppies are doing. Hey, get over here. Sorry about that. That's what happens when you do these lives. They were fighting. Now I have happy in my lap so I can prevent the fighting. Hey, you stop, Sonny. So again, 4.3 million quit. Uh, we have 10.4 million job openings, uh, lower than the 11.1 that was revised the month prior. 4.8% uh, unemployment. Again, U3, 256,000 jobs created. This is, uh, this is exactly what I've been talking about. The employee has the power. When you can have 4.3 million people quit in a month, and again, they're likely quitting and changing jobs, getting higher salaries, changing positions, maybe moving. Um, this just bodes well for the employee having all the power. Next up, we got we weekly mortgage demand is basically flat. Uh, rates are going up. Rates are going up. The average rate went from 3.14 to 3.18. Again, we are on this slow trajectory up. Again, we talked to Matt, the mortgage guy. We think we head and we are going up from here. Let me grab Sunny. All right, Sunny. Here is Sunny. She's, uh, or he, he's a little instigator, this one. He likes to, he likes to pick fights. Uh, next up, probably the surprise of the morning, Goldman Sachs. Pretty decent brokerage shop, right? Or, or wealth management. Goldman Sachs sees home prices in the United States going up 16% more by the end of 2022. So let's call that 16 months, 15 months, 16, that again, what are we at? We're at like 356, let's call it 360 for easier math. They're calling for a 16% bump. So what's that? 360, 36, 18... 54, maybe $55,000. So that's, we'll be at like 415 national average. I, uh, I got to tell you, I don't see it. Let me know what you think. You think gold, what do you think 
what do you think housing values go up? Again, this is national by the end of 2022, so 15 months from now. Goldman Sachs says 16%. I don't see it. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I would say, I'm going to say 6%. It's somewhere between 4 and 6. Maybe I'll split the difference and call it 5. I just don't see how we have another double-digit increase nationally. Because I think some markets will, will crack. Some markets, some markets will certainly be up 16%. If Goldman was saying, hey, this hot market, that hot market up 16%, I, I believe it. But they're calling national average 16%. I just don't see it. What do you think? I, I just don't see it. Another question I have for you, just a random thing. I saw that Netflix had a show called The Squid Game. Apparently, it's the, I don't know, highest grossing or I guess it's not grossing, but most biggest opening series ever. Has anybody watched it? Do you recommend it? What's it about? I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of TV unless it's the Warriors basketball game. But yeah, Squid Game, anybody seen it? Let me know in the comments below. I don't uh, I don't know. Maybe I have to check it out. You tell me. Uh, next up, got a couple more things. I don't know if you saw this, but again, I shared yesterday, uh, the Lumberjack and I were making a call for three markets that we think might crack. We both called Boise. I then said Reno and a surprise kind of out of left field, San Francisco. There's an article out, <coughs> excuse me, San Francisco Chronicle about Walgreens closing five more stores. People, folks in San Francisco, crooks realize they can steal up to $1,000 without penalty, so they do it. They go in and organize bunches and just garbage bags, swoop up stuff, walk out the store. Walgreens has had enough. They are closing five more stores. This is why I think San Francisco's in trouble. This is why I put San Francisco on the list. It's stupid high prices and... You're going to start seeing more and more city things shut down, right? If you can't go to Walgreens and get your, I don't know, flu shot or medicine or whatever it is you shop at Walgreens for, and you got to get in a car and drive to San Mateo or something, San Francisco is going to be less and less desirable, which will make housing go down. So again, Lumberjack and I did that yesterday. Let me know what you think. I was Boise, Reno, San Francisco. I believe the Lumberjack was Boise, Austin, Denver. Let us know what three markets do you think might crack next year and have a negative print? So love to hear from you. Ah! Sorry about that. Sonny decided to grab the uh, headphones. That was fun. Hope my phone didn't crack. Uh, again, a uh, couple more things. Uh, Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood has now come out and said it doesn't take a genius to see that China is about to have a downturn. I've been telling you that for a little while now. And then finally, average debt by generation. I found this article interesting. This does not include mortgages. This is only credit cards, student loans, personal debt, and auto loans. Let's see. So we're going to talk about Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Baby Boomers. Leave comments below. You know, pause. If you're watching this on replay, hit pause. And give me your guesses. Where do you think everybody's at? Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Baby Boomers. Here we go. What should we do? We'll start with Gen Z. Generation Z, average debt. Again, credit cards, student loans, personal debt, auto loans. Gen Z, average 16 grand. I'm going to round them. 
I'm going to round them instead of giving it down to the dollar. Millennials. Millennials. $87,000. Of which $39,000 or roughly half is student loans. Dude. Gen X. What the hell are you guys doing? Which, oh, by the way, is my generation. Gen X. $141,000. What? of that is student loans. So that's got to be a lot of credit cards, a lot of auto loans. Generation Z, pay off your damn debt. Not to be outdone, baby boomers. Baby boomers are higher than I expected. They're at $97,000 and they are obviously very close to retirement. I'm guessing they're going to be selling their homes and paying off the debt. I do not know. But yeah, again, Gen Z, 16, Millennials, 87, Generation X, 141. Dude, Gen X, you can do better than that. And then Baby Boomers at 97. Thank you very much for that. Sorry for the little phone flip. Looks like my phone survived. Uh, Have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself. And we will be back tomorrow for the daily financial news. Tomorrow's Thursday, so we will likely do it at 7 a.m. Take care. Bye.